Welcome to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Rimel, registered nurse, founder and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. During her podcast, Krista will interview experienced and successful healthcare professionals on outside-the-box health topics. During their time together, they will have in-depth discussions with trusted medical and health and wellness leaders to discover what they do to stay well using traditional and non-traditional health practices. Experts will share not only what, but why they practice the holistic lifestyle medicine they do and the science that backs their less than mainstream ideas. You'll hear the real and relatable personal health struggles of healthcare providers and what rebelling outside of the traditional healthcare system did to better their lives, careers, and health. Tune in to listen and learn the mind-body-spirit practices from conventional health experts who share hope and inspiration from honest stories of healing while reflecting the scientific-based evidence to wisely guide the inner rebel inside you. It's time to rebel and be well. Today we are going outside the box and interviewing three incredible women who will be part of the Point Retreat's Women's Retreat this May, a retreat for every woman who needs time for self, health, and community. Unique to all these women is they are existing or previous leaders in my business partner's company, Self Esteem Brands, which is the parent company to Anytime Fitness, Wax in the City, Basecamp, and Bar Method. This dynamite trio has expansive experience with fitness, nutrition, weight loss, coaching, and healing modalities such as Reiki. I'd like to welcome Rachel, Christine, and Mandy to our Rebel and Be Well podcast. Today, I'm going to start with interviewing Rachel, moving on to Christine, and then Mandy. But I know this trio has a really special bond. Hence, I want you to lean in as they share and show how women can support one another as striving professionals, unselfish friends, and steadfast health enthusiasts. So I'm going to start by introducing and reading Coach Rachel Prairie's bio so you can get to know her professional background a little bit. Coach Rachel has a strong back, soft front, wild heart. I love that. With 15 years as a fitness professional, Rachel loves to help people connect to themselves, each other, and the planet in order to get healthy and stay healthy. As manager of exercise programming for self-esteem brands, Anytime Fitness, she trains the trainers and provides programs and services to make healthy happen for people across the globe. Her goal is to support her client in becoming skilled movers by focusing on the process of movement over time, building resiliency through strength, physically and mentally while maintaining healthy hearts and strong immune systems, and being efficient with time and space, making recovery part of the plan. Coach Rachel has a vast array of volunteer work and certifications, but I'm going to read your personal interests, Rachel, because I think they really allow our listeners to get to know you. Under her personal interests, first she has hugging, followed by hand-holding, Traveling, listening to stories, being barefoot, the great outdoors, volleyball, paddleboarding, hiking, animals, horseback riding, music, arts and crafts, and plants. I love all of those, especially hugging. <laughs> We're doing this virtually. I would totally hug you because I'm a hugger too. To my fellow hugger, I'm giving you a big virtual hug. I can feel it. Okay. I'm here, I'm there. <laughs> Good. We're going to dive in and get to know you a little bit better personally and professionally. But I'd like to start out just by learning more about your journey and how you came to find fitness and coaching. I think it 
kind of goes way back to I grew up in a small farming town in southern Minnesota. And then now and always this like kind of old adage of the world is your playground Mm -hmm. was just my outlook on life and continues to be right. Like there's nothing that I couldn't run, jump, climb off of. And to this day still use movement as a modality to continue exploration. Right. Yeah. So I think it was founded in, in how I grew up. You just, you went outside and you played. And as an adult, I go outside and I, and I play (laughs) and through that, like I, I played high school and in college sports. I coached volleyball, got my degree, arrived at my job, at my new career. And like week two, (laughs) I was like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Where's all the (laughs) playtime? I was like, I felt like I had been like swindled, like my whole, like, I was like, oh, this is what we do now. We just like sit here for the majority of our lives at a desk and then we go home. Like, I don't like this. So I immediately started looking for something else to add to that Mm -hmm. because I just, I wasn't moving. I wasn't having fun. And so I returned right back to what I always go back to, which was movement at the Mm -hmm. time. And so I had never, this is so crazy. I was thinking about this today. I didn't touch my first weight in a gym until my mid twenties. Really? I never, I went to an all female high school in college. We didn't even have a weight room. We didn't talk about it. We ran. We ran and ran and ran and ran. And that's how we trained. I didn't know what else to do. So I returned to that. And I signed up for a half marathon. Like that's how I started. Because I was like, I don't know. There's something to do. Right. Right. So I joined a gym. Immediately, I I like started digging into weightlifting. I thought it was fascinating. looked fun. And uh, me and another friend that were training for this race, actually, I wish I could find it. I should see if I could find it we started this like training binder and I found myself sneaking out (laughs) at my job over lunch break in my car and programming workouts for the week. Really? And yes. And writing out like, cause I was so excited to get to the gym after work Yeah, and using it on my volleyball players. Cause I was still coaching volleyball at the time. Okay. And except for one season, which was a pre pre-existing condition with this slayer, mm-hmm. I had a hundred percent success rate of no injuries of my players. I attribute a lot of that to adding the weight room to their programs. <laughs> right. So like all these dots, like all these things started firing in my brain that I loved this. I was doing it anyway. I was a trainer right off the bat, got laid off from that position. So I went into another job that was identical, got laid off from that position. So I was like, okay, universe, mm-hmm. I'm hearing you. You clearly don't want me in the office. <laughs> right. So I asked myself like, what's the best part of my day? What brings me energy? And at the time it was coaching players and lifting weights and training. So I went back to school to be a trainer and just like never look back. I just felt home like, oh, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Right. You found your calling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen at self-esteem brands, you can play a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The culture (laughs) is, is that it's one of your core, core pillars, right? 
It's yeah, it's uh, it's one of our core pillars. And in in my position at Anytime, I was I feel like part of the reason I was hired was to bring play to light for mm-hmm. for the corporate employees and encourage them to move and play and find purpose, however that feels best for them. And it's not going to look the same for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how diverse it is, actually. Yeah. (laughs) You're obviously surrounded by fitness-minded professionals, right? And even amongst them, you know, movement looks very different for each person. But you, So you have to find ways to bring it in for everyone. When you have this, like, trainer mind, you know scientifically, biologically what a person needs. But if you also don't talk to them about what they like and what sounds good to them and marry it up with something that's fun and engaging, it's not going to stick. Yeah, right. That's yeah. why I'm not a runner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was an entry into lifting weights, right? but I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it, but I found what I loved along the way. And that was how I, that was how I got into it. And how cool is it to be able to have a job doing what you love? Especially knowing like the alternative, like having worked for a few years doing something else or not loving my job and, Mm -hmm. and like the, (laughs) the collective anxiety I have for people that that's a lot of people's experience is that they go to work and then they sit there and they don't like it and they go home. It's like, it's kind of heartbreaking for humanity really. How would you say you're traditional in the fitness industry and where would you say you're non-traditional um, in the fitness industry? I would say I'm traditional in my approach to movement because we're not super fancy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> our bodies are like they're complex, but they're not. We only move in certain movement patterns, which means we can train and strengthen our whole body by focusing on, you know, like push, pull hinge, squat, lunge, carry, like it's not overly complicated. Yeah, I would say non-traditional is this larger connection, which is something that uh, Manny and Christine have like helped me to actually more or less like open the floodgates to this whole other world where you can connect or really for this beautiful balance, balance, if you can use that word, balance, holistic approach to wellness and health. You can't just stay physical, like, mm-hmm. because whether you like it or not, the mental, the spiritual, it's all happening. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. And so I would say like connecting the dots and tying in other things besides movement. I, I used to think like some of my first clients, like I could get them really fit. They look great. They felt great. But it, a lot of times it wouldn't stick. And I'm like, what am I missing? What are mm-hmm. we're doing all the squats, you know, right. we're holding the planks. And it was going further and deep diving into their purpose and their why and helping them connect to this isn't just about your ability, you know, to to look aesthetically how you want. Mm-hmm. It's so much deeper than that. Right. 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 But I had to kind of like let go about what I thought was best for the person and let them tell me what's best for them. Sure. It's kind of this, like this evolution of the trainer to coach, right? Like I, I don't think until I figured that out, I don't think I could have even called myself a coach. Cause really I was just a, a personal, a physical trainer doing a one physical task with the person. Right. And coaching is, 
is everything. It's, it's all encompassing. And it wasn't until I, I made that shift in my head that then I kind of was like, oh, this is like, this is like the next step of what it means to be a trainer is kind of like letting go of this one thing and thinking that this is the way and opening it up to all the things that it could be. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the best trainers I've worked with, it was honestly like diving into some things way beyond like becoming physically fit that helped me the most. And it took me a little while to really comprehend everything that a personal trainer or trainer can do for an individual. But it's honestly in my 46 years, what has led me to the best and optimal health is when I'm working with a personal trainer or coach. And I had to kind of like fight myself in that for a while because I was kind of annoyed with that. I'm like, no, I know what I need to do. I can do it. (laughs) And then I had someone else kind of be a beer for me and I was like, or not, (laughs) or maybe there's a lot of things I have to really look at and, you know, improve Mm -hmm. on. And um, I think a lot of healthcare professionals have a little bit of an ego they have to shed to go, you know what, I need someone else to help me stay healthy. And honestly, the best advice I can give anybody, any human, doesn't matter what you do, who you are, where you live is have a coach. If you, if you have the opportunity to, and the resources to have a coach, have a trainer makes a huge difference in your health and wellness journey, especially someone such as you three, who I know coach way beyond the physical health realm. So how do you come to the place where you want to be the trainer of the trainers? Like you're the coach of the coach. (laughs) Well, I would say that, um, that was a role that I got to step into at any time. If I look back, it, it was something that was really important to me because I had a series of things that happened across my career or moments in time where I realized how undervalued trainers are. Mm-hmm. And 2020 was just felt like threw it in my face every day, all day long that we are not essential in part, we've done that to ourselves, I feel like as an industry, mm-hmm. like we are also to blame, right? Mm. For not showing people how we actually get them from point A to point B. We're not just like Instagram trainer, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we have immense value that we can provide people with. But it was this core belief that I have about how we fit into the overall healthcare system And that in general, we're underutilized, underpaid, overworked, misunderstood. So something that was important to me, especially stepping into a brand like Anytime, was that I didn't want any trainer to feel like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there were moments in my career where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, I I know who I am. I know what I believe. I know how my value, but I can't. I'm having trouble, you know, expressing that or getting other people to believe that about themselves. Right, right. Training's a a strange service position, right? Like someone comes in to you and you have a conversation with them where essentially you ask them to decide to change their lives. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like you're, you know, like I think other services, like you're just getting a cup of coffee or a haircut. That's Mm -hmm. not it. It's, this is like, revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And so it can be really exhausting. So I would say that I felt like over time, I kept seeing this, this common theme pop up that and and see really good trainers leave careers completely because they were just burnt out, like they couldn't, 
they just couldn't do it anymore. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want, I just didn't want trainers to feel that way. And so I felt very much and still do feel very much like uh, speaking on their behalf, connecting with them, learning more about what they need, who they are, and how we can show up better in our own industry to show people like, we're really, we're partnered with you to help you change your life. We're not going to do it for you. We're not going to decide for you. We're not going to do the work, but we are literally locked arms with you every step of the way, however you need support Mm -hmm. in order to be your happy and healthiest self. You know, you brought up some statements that brought a lot of emotion. I could tell, you know, as you were talking about the trainer, the role of the trainer and how valued are they or how much more opportunity do we have to value them in healthcare. And I completely can resonate with that. And, you know, it's been interesting. I don't know why the barriers are there because I work with a lot of physicians and nurses. And I'm like, you you have like 15 minutes with the patient, right? You guys get an hour. <laughs> like what you can do in an hour once a week is miraculous versus what a traditional healthcare professional can do in a quarterly visit. You know, that's maybe 15, 30 minutes max a couple times a year. There should be a collaboration. There should be a partnership. Like I have this, have had this vision for a clinic where it's like physician, nurses, personal trainers, chefs, like everybody's coming together. That's the only way that I think we're going to really find true health as we continue to work together. We can continue to brainstorm ways that we can make some progress in this space because progress needs to be made. I'm saddened to hear what you said about this past year, and yet I completely make sense because over and over we have seen gyms not being essential, which impacts the trainers and gives them the message of not being essential. And as a nurse, I'm just going to say for whatever my two cents are worth here, you are at 110% essential. And I'm saying that I have seen that personally, and I've witnessed that for patients. And I've had a couple of interesting conversations with physicians and nurses and healthcare professionals about this. And yes, of course, there are virtual options, and those are great. And there are some people that would be more fitting for in the time of a pandemic. But you can also do that. You can have a coaching relationship with a trainer virtually. And or I think we have to really look at the health that you can lead someone to, whether it's virtually or in person with the relationships that you build with the individuals you work with, is imperative. It is essential for us to get to a better place of health where we can be more resilient against things like new viruses. So I'm so sorry that the system is half-assed backwards, and I just want to validate <laughs> what you do because I've experienced it and I've seen it in others. I do believe good change will come from this, and, and I hope it's still on the cusp of happening. So, And it's nothing new, right? I, it's always been the our healthcare care system is set up to work against the, com, the people, right, the mm-hmm. consumer, and the fitness professional too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you feel like some days that – you're fighting a battle on every single front possible. Mm -hmm. And all you're trying to do is help people. Keep your voice loud and keep it strong because there are so many people who hear it and there's so many people that continue to need to hear that. You know, maybe that will be one of the greatest lessons that will come from this when we can get to a place where we can start to kind of unravel some of all the damages that have been done from this really, you know, difficult situation. And I can see it from so many different angles, but at some point, 
preventative health has to move way far up that scale of what we look at in terms of how we even look at acute issues, you know, like SARS-CoV-2. It's, you know, very real that we're in a rough place here in the U.S. for a number of reasons, but one of them is our lack of health. And Mm -hmm. now we've pulled away people's outlets in many regards to uh, sustaining health. I've gotten a glimpse of where you see fitness fitting into healthcare right now, which unfortunately is not where it should be. What do you see in the future? If you could like paint a picture of how it should look, what would fitness and healthcare look like? Empowering people to answer that question for themselves. What do you want your healthcare to look like? Take inventory right now. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, Where do you feel like you could do better? Where do you not feel so good? Like maybe we start there. Because the the thing is that the industry is completely flooded with a million things to Mm -hmm. choose from, to do and try. And again, like you have to find that answer for yourself. I would have to say this, that strength training, resistance training should be part of it. It's not where you have to start, Mm -hmm. but for metabolic health, and longevity, strength training is a must. Yeah. But beyond that, it, it kind of goes back to how we started this conversation about play. Like, what makes you feel good? What, what makes you light up? What makes you drop your shoulders down, unclench your jaw? Like, what yeah. are the things that you feel like helps you just feel better if you're not feeling so great? Or if you are feeling great, how could you maximize that? Thank you for sharing so much about what the fitness industry has brought to you in terms of, you know, personal health and professional purpose. Um, Very powerful. Next, we are going to talk to Christine McDonough. Christine joins us with over 10 years experience in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, fitness blogger, and empowerment coach. She originally jumped into the exercise space in an effort to quell her unhealthy relationship with diet, exercise, and the scale. After a long overdue breakup left her clueless without an identity, and yes, we have all been there, Christine was afforded the time, energy, and space to dive back into herself. In addition to physical fitness, Christine began to focus on her cumulative wellness using tools such as therapy, meditation, and Reiki, resulting in a fierce amount of self-love. Now, as a spiritual life coach and Reiki master, she merges her knowledge of physical wellness with the importance of mental and spiritual health in an effort to empower the lives of those she works with. Careful, after only a short time with her, you'll start to believe in yourself, too. Christine, as I you know, read your bio, and I know you're obviously well-versed in the fitness space, you know, you've taken it in so many amazing directions. So how does a fitness expert become a spiritual life coach and a Reiki master? Like, how did that yeah. happen for you? When I was writing my bio, it was a moment of real empowerment for me because for the first time, I wasn't identifying myself by way of my uh, weight loss journey. So mm-hmm. Like Rachel, I grew up very athletic, but the demand, and not only athletic, but involved in my youth group, and I worked, and I babysat, and I was just overcooked by the time I got to college, and so the, my freshman year, I mean, I could have played and walked on with certain sports, but I opted not to, and I took that opportunity because I really hadn't rested, you know, for years, you know, Mm. as soon as I started, that was it. In college, my weight fluctuated 
because I would just, I stopped moving. And sure. even in my youth, when I was out of season, I would gain some weight, but then soccer would pick back up and it would, mm-hmm. you know, I would get lean out again. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't understand the entire process. And then cut to college. Now you introduce the cafeteria with an unlimited supply of food mm-hmm. and partying and being friends with football players who have no problem eating a calzone at two in the morning, I started to really gain weight. And so come to college, I'm not exercising. Uh-huh. I'm not involved in my community. My friendships are different. I'm not working quite as much. It's really school. And I was never really one like great at school. Right. I landed myself in a pretty horrendous depression by the time my senior year rolled around, like couldn't get out of bed type of stuff. Mm. So the self-awareness began then mm-hmm. and then college or I graduated and, and uh, some life events happened afterwards, but I was in my early twenties living in South Boston, just trying to make it. And, you know, you're partying on the weekends and a weekend warrior and get back to work during the week. And after a couple years of that, cause I moved in with friends in 2010 of in September, it was September 19th, 2011. I woke up and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Hmm. Because I had gotten pictures, you know, it was a summer of getting pictures back where I didn't like how I looked and I thought I was killing an outfit and it just wasn't coming together. And I woke up and I joined one of my largest competitors in the fitness industry (laughs) at Planet Fitness, but it was because it was what was available. In changing myself through fitness, I really went all in. I said, I can't be over 200 pounds anymore. Something must change. So I decided to work on either physical fitness or, or nutrition. Okay. No matter what, every day it had to be one or the other. If it was at times one or both of them at the same time, fantastic, but at least get one of them in. Okay. Eventually found myself in the fitness space and managing an anytime fitness. Mm-hmm. And I use myself as my own guinea pig most times. Mm -hmm. And so always pushing, pushing, pushing. What's the latest fitness thing that I need to know about? Trying keto, trying plant-based, doing all these things because that way I could give my clients and gym members a better idea of what it's actually like Mm -hmm. versus reading a a blog article of, you know, of somebody that you don't know. Right. Post my weight loss journey, I then did bodybuilding for a considerable amount of time, but never really got to the end goal because it just wasn't fit for my, my metabolism. My Mm -hmm. body actively fought being that low in body fat percentage. And then I did CrossFit and that was a little bit more about what I was looking for. But then I, then then the injuries started coming so Mm -hmm. much like Rachel getting the pushes from the universe. I too was like, okay, I can't get hurt all the time. Mm -hmm. And then the breakup happened. (laughs) And then I was, you know, life goes on pause and he's not around anymore and nor is his lovely son. And there's an abundance of money because I'm not shelling it out doing all these things. And so I turned it inward and I uh, was able to afford a therapist who also specialized in Reiki. So Mm -hmm. licensed social worker, but also a Reiki master herself. Mm. And from the first session, we did talk therapy at the beginning And then every session would end with Reiki. And I was familiar with it because of some members of my family, my sister and my aunt. Yeah. But I'd never experienced hands-on. And it was, it was so cool that first time. And and it's been cool since, but that first one, I remember walking out of the office, just being like, that was outrageous. I am here for this. Yeah. And so then like with most things I do, I went very diligent about my, my wellness practices outside of fitness and eventually and it makes sense now, but when I took the focus away so much on the fitness mm-hmm. and focused on mind and spirit, well, then the the physical mm-hmm. came back around mm-hmm. like, like clockwork, you know, and now I, I laugh at myself for not 
even coming to that conclusion beforehand, but it, mm-hmm. I had to go through it. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, the opportunity to, be, to just become Reiki one certified was afforded to me and I took it. And then it then still started the real self-practice of self-care. And sure. it was, it was just an opportunity daily because I was diligent, whether it would be five minutes or 20 sitting with my hands on myself and just giving energy back. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Reiki is whether you're certified or not, the intent of giving yourself energy is there for everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's just this, this journey of kind of self-awareness, self-worth and self-love that just happened to flow for me. And that's where I am now. Okay. So you said in that moment, like when you were working with that social worker and you'd had a therapy, your first therapy session with her, and then you experienced some Reiki, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like what was it that you were like, whoa, I wanted to keep doing that. I did not have meditation in my life, but it was the first time that the mental chatter in my in my own brain had mm-hmm. really quieted. So that in and of like it's noisy up in here, you know. That's mm-hmm. what I can say about Christine Winifred McDonough is the mind's always going. So the mental chatter was finally slowed, not totally quieted, but slowed. So that was really wonderful. The one thing that I remember from my initial experience was when hands were on my head, it's almost like that pins and needles feeling when you go from being out in the winter cold and playing in the snow to taking your gloves off and, and your, your hands You're warming feeling. back up. Yeah. It manifests itself differently in everyone, but that's how I felt it. For 20 minutes, I just could feel certain things happening in my body. And it was really just this flow of energy. It's really hard to explain because mm-hmm. it's so not physical and tangible when you're working with energy healing. But then afterwards, I just, I felt like I could take on anything after Hmm. that first session that I had with her. I can see where you're like, "Uh, yeah, I want to learn more about this. (laughs) I'm going to keep doing this. Right. I can heal myself. Uh I can do this for me, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What a powerful experience. Where do you see Reiki fitting into healthcare? Like, can it fit in? And where are the spaces that you can see it going, you know, well? There are Reiki practitioners that work within healthcare systems, mainly hospitals, and you'll see it a lot. Like they'll call when somebody is in pain or can't sleep or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any hospital experience yet, but my mentor has, where she walked into a room where this cancer patient was on their third round of chemo mm-hmm. and just not doing well and restless. And within 10 minutes, they were sleeping in the chair. And even to be give to be able to give that gift to somebody is so mm-hmm. precious. Mm-hmm. Where I see not only in healthcare, but our general, when you look out onto the social landscape of everybody, stress is something that cripples most of us. Mm-hmm. But we're in, you know, we're taught to place a value on the rat race and work, most of us, and working and getting financially ahead. Mm-hmm. But stress can manifest itself in things like, you know, muscle tension in the neck and shoulders to headaches, to an upset stomach, to restless or sleeplessness or poor concentration. So where I have started to excel is helping people with Reiki in an order to de-stress. The benefits primary would be relaxation, whether it's muscles and those become less tense, but things like your blood pressure, your heart rate, your respiratory rate those all start to lower. So now we think of this on a long-term scale. Mm -hmm. And does that mean that now in, I believe in a holistic approach of, okay, in tandem with 
a healthy physical fitness and exercise regimen curtailed to the client and a nutrition profile as well. Right. And then the other modalities that might be crucial, but could we over time, maybe not immediately like a pill, but could we over time lower someone's blood pressure or their heart rate Mm -hmm. or improve their respiratory health? You know, the immediate benefit of Reiki is activating that deep state of mental or psychological rest. And again, you know, just stress again is present in everyone's life. And if mm-hmm. we can start mediating it a little bit, mm-hmm. lessening it just a little mm-hmm. day by day, you know, what's the long-term benefit? Well, and you mentioned too, you know, with your own experience, until you could kind of clear your energy and rest your mind and put it into kind of a different state, it didn't matter how many times you lifted weights or ran on the treadmill. Right. Like you needed a mental kind of re you know shift of energy and thinking patterns to be able to physically probably release some of the trauma and the stress that you were holding right. and talk about a time when we need it now more than ever <laughs> after this year i would imagine every human can benefit from from reiki so thank you so much for sharing that with us i think it's so exciting to think about and i'm really excited to experience it more i probably experienced a little bit more energy work in other ways around healing touch but i personally really want to learn more about Reiki. And so Christine, if I can just ask you lastly, can you kind of paint a picture? Like if someone comes to see you for Reiki, what does that, what are they going to experience? Is it like, are you laying hands on them, not laying hands on them? Is it a quiet room? Is it a music? I mean, can you just draw a picture for us a little bit, a visual picture? As you know, I recently acquired my own space. So that's Mm -hmm. been huge because I had been much like other things in all my expertise. I kind of like I'm like, here, come into my office at the gym and I'll, I'll help you, you know, outside of your exercise. And so while I was in my infancy of be being a Reiki practitioner, I would be in a loud gym Mm -hmm. giving little five minute sessions. So it can be done anywhere. I think that like, if I'm in traffic and I'm stressed out or I see an accident, I'll, I'll use Reiki, but a typical session, you would come into the practitioner's office. Generally it is done on a massage table, but it certainly can just be done in a chair It can be both hands-on or hands hovering just above, or Reiki does have the ability if the the practitioner is certified and such Mm -hmm. to be sent distantly. So I could be on this podcast, have you on FaceTime Mm -hmm. or not, and still send you Reiki. What I like to do personally is I'll come in, we'll talk a little bit about, especially if you're a new client, we'll talk, I'll learn a little bit about what what brought you to Reiki, what your overall goals are but then how I can help you. And so I I do a little duality in terms of, I want to listen and work on things that people are already bringing to the table that they know they want fixed, Mm -hmm. but then I'll do an energy scan of my own Mm -hmm. and intuitively figure out what they may need. Mm -hmm. Now, the beauty of Reiki too, though, is that it is, it is all loving and knowing. So although I might feel, okay, your heart might need a little bit of help, I can certainly put my hands on your heart to aid in that and be more direct. But if my hands are on just your shoulders, the Reiki will do its thing and just flow into you and heal what needs to be. It's kind of like um, artificial intelligence, Hmm. as it were, because Mm -hmm. it finds where it needs to go. Yeah. And then and that's really it. And you're just relaxing. (laughs) And it's wonderful. 
Yeah. We're going to be diving into that really deep in May when you come out to the point retreats and not only experiencing, of course, your, you know, fitness and nutrition and coaching wisdom, but then your Reiki practice. And I know I'm so looking forward to being in that room and just hearing more about it and experiencing it too. So thank you for sharing so much about that with us. So fun to learn more about this and get to know you better. And I'm so excited for May. I'm so excited for May. I like, I, you know, I've been focusing on what my presentation will look like. And mm-hmm. the energy is just, especially cause I'm starting now and building and manifesting it. It's, it's yeah. going to be pretty, pretty exciting. And to have my, my two closest energy workers next to me, I'm so excited. When I reached out to Mandy and Rachel, I s- said, Hey, you know, we're planning this women's retreat. I just feel like both of you are meant to be there. And very quickly, they both were like, hey, do you mind if Christine joins? And I'm like, no, I mean, it's great. But they're like, well, we're kind of this trio. Like, we kind of stick together. Like, we've got this thing. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And clearly, I'm going to yeah. get to know more about this thing in May. But how did the three of you find each other? Like, how out of the thousands of people in the company that you were all involved in, like, how did the three of you find this thing? We were all swarming our energies. And I first... I experienced Mandy's energy first in Lake Placid and I watched her walk with her team through the lobby. And I think I've told you this, but if I haven't, I'm so sorry to just be sharing this with you now. And I was like, that girl is on fire. (laughs) She walks through a room and it's just, it's, it's Mandy. It's Mm -hmm. just consuming. And then with Rachel, you know, with all the content that we received from corporate, I often saw her face and ads and articles on the, what we call our dashboard. Then I got to meet, it was only last year, wasn't it, Rach? Like when we actually realized, like we got our hands on each other because we had seen each other at events, but I really, I was like, ah, she's busy. I don't want to bother her. And then we had vitals in Boston right before the pandemic hit last year. Yeah. And I was like, I think we are the same. We are the same people. (laughs) Yeah. And then I learned that she and Mandy talk and I'm like, get out of town. I think that we pretty quickly all recognize like an authentic energy within one another. Yeah. That that was what we were all pursuing. Like we were all on the Mm. same frequency and sort of tuned into the same idea. When you are kind of the only one like going down a hippy dippy woo woo path, it can kind of feel a little bit lonely sometimes because you can feel like you're discovering like the wild west of things and some like pretty profound revelations about yourself. And then you want to share and like yell from the mountaintops. And, you know, sometimes your people aren't ready. Next, I am going to be talking with Mandy Holden. Mandy Holden is a longtime blogger, writer of poems and an unlikely fitness enthusiast. She has a teenage son, middle-aged daughter, and two very needy dogs with her husband of 17 years and thus would very much appreciate your prayers. She started her blog in 2013 after having reached the literal end of her rope and her highest ever weight at 420 pounds. Writing helped her to begin sort through stuff and begin the pursuit of a meaningful makeover and weight loss journey. When she finally joined a gym... She was surprised to fall in love with fitness magic, which became contagious to everyone who could stand to listen to her. This eventually led to her creating a support group at her gym and later becoming the club manager of the same location. Mandy was nationally recognized briefly after an inspiring video she posted as a club manager went viral. She went on to win the 2018 Manager of the Year Award with Anytime Fitness Brand, where she was celebrated for her passion, leadership, and willingness to represent fitness for every body. 
capital B-O-D-Y. Mandy is now currently working in higher education administration, but remains persistent with her fitness goals, as well as continuing to encourage and help others with theirs, even becoming a certified Reiki master practitioner, where she's able to help herself and others in an even deeper way, while still dreaming of someday publishing her writing. You are like someone who has so much experience. I mean, again, you've lived a couple of lifetimes in this one lifetime here. And you you have so much experience and expertise to share around many compartments of health and wellness, from nutrition to fitness to Reiki to weight loss. It's kind of it was hard to me to be like, oh, you know, what am I going to hone in with Mandy? You've experienced a lot of trials and tribulations in your life, which are a little bit of additional time has allowed me to better understand and, and get to know you. And I recently read a blog that you put out just a couple of days ago, and it had so much vulnerability in what you shared. And to me... I, it just like draws me to you because you're such an authentic, real person um, and everything good and bad you've experienced, you are very willing to share that with others. And I literally have nicknamed you. I was going to call you Mama Brown, but then I think you're younger than me. So I'm not sure if I can call you Mama Brown, but I'm like, she's Mandy Brown. And yes, that's <laughs> that's in reflection of Brene Brown. But you're so- oh my gosh, what a compliment. <laughs> but you are, you're an incredibly insightful, intuitive person. And I uh, will tell everybody here, Mandy and I met in the most unique way. Yes, I saw her viral video. We have a common person that we both know who's now my business partner and she worked at his company, Chuck. Reached out <laughs> to him and said, hey, I know this will sound a little crazy, but I think Mandy's meant to come to the point and- Long story short, you're at the point, you have a tattoo of something that's at the point, that's like a, a symbol at the point. I mean, all these bizarre intersections, I'm like, okay, Mandy and I were like seriously meant to meet and get to know one another. And here we are a few years later, and now you are going to be co-leading a retreat at the point, which is so cool. I'm so excited. I told you I'd be back. <laughs> you did. I like it. You're a woman of your word. That's a good thing. Okay. So Mandy, I looked at, you know, kind of what we have you leading and doing at our retreat in May for women. And I really wanted to hone in on the pieces that I could just tell you how like, you carried this passion around, right? I think you have this unique perspective, partially through your own life journey, but and also working with a lot of other people through their life's journeys of seeing what creates an element of someone being like stuck in an unhealthy pattern. What are some of those common mindsets that you see creating this stuck space for people as they're in their wellness journey? I think the thing that I most commonly come up against in my own life and in the lives of those around me who invite me in is that we often listen to ourselves, right? Like mm -hmm. we're always listening to that old tape playing instead of speaking to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like a lot of times where people get the most stuck, at least in my opinion, is in sort of feeling like you're in a battle against yourself all the time. So like as far as fitness goes and stuff, I really kind of hate the idea that it's like you against you, like you versus you and everything's got to be this like big battle like you showing up like toe-to-toe -to -toe with the version of yourself you don't like and 
like battling it down. And cause oftentimes like that doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't really work. I, I, I just, I really found that you can't like hate your body into a body that you're going to love mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when I started this whole journey in hopes of like losing weight and, and, you know, somehow attaining a body that I would start to love, mm-hmm. I, I quickly realized that uh, it, it was the other way around. Hmm. It had to start the other way around. And when I really made that shift and I stopped listening to myself and all the reasons why I couldn't and all the reasons, so many reasons, we got, we all got reasons (laughs) when we don't want to do something. Right, right. Um, Instead of listening to that and I, I like starting to practice stopping the listening and starting the talking. Yeah. The speaking over myself. Yeah. Is when I started to feel that it was more than just physical work. Mm-hmm. It was also mental, emotional, spiritual energy work mm-hmm. involved with trying to learn how to take care of yourself. And I get really passionate about that because no offense to my other, you know, fitness peeps who mm-hmm. show up in bronze, beautiful bodies all over the place. But when you're coming to the table with a different body, a bigger body that perceived away, but mm-hmm. you are the most fit and healthy and vibrant and alive you've ever felt in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're excited to talk to people about that. It kind of makes people go, hmm, maybe she's got something. Maybe she's telling the truth. When we can figure out how to shift out of like the hating, the comparing, the doubting the limiting the excusing and we shift into more of an energy of wow look what my body's able to do after so many years of abuse yeah yeah or look what I'm able to do that I wasn't able to do last week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. celebrating just like really yeah like the momentum starts to change mm-hmm. and things start to change and it's these little like tangible changes that people don't think are important are everything I want to tell you, I was listening to a podcast this week, Manny, and I thought of you. And it was uh, one with Tim Ferriss and and Brene Brown, you know, your soul sister. Uh, And Tim Ferriss quoted um, someone and he said this and it made me think of you. He said, don't believe everything you think. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. But that really makes me think about what you just said. Like all those things you were telling yourself for so many years, you had to kind of stop believing some of them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the real work is, you know, everybody thinks that the work is like the burpees and the the nutrition tracking and the water. And that is definitely the work, right? Like mm-hmm. we have to create new habits and patterns and, and, and do some things if we want to have a different lifestyle. But the real work kind of goes deeper than that into sort of reprogramming the survival system that we've been running on since like childhood. Like mm-hmm. we all have all kinds of stuff that have built a belief system up within us. And then we operate out of that space. And sometimes the way we operate out of that space is out of a fear mode or Mm -hmm. protecting our ego or pride or, you know, things that we believe about ourselves that just aren't true. And like, you just have to like kind of decide that you're going to start to untangle all of that stuff. And how hard was that? How hard is that? I mean, I'm not done yet, so I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're so honest. I love it. (laughs) But that's the work. That's the work, right? It's like, you know, the human experience, the 
fearless internal moral inventory all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it's I obviously it's why Rachel and Christine and myself were drawn to you because you were so relatable and so real. So of course, you know, all of us can glance and like admire people who have what society has deemed as like a fit body. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, like you kind of sometimes want to throw darts at those people because you're like, really? Because I work really hard at this and that's not what happens to me. This is my favorite thing about being, having been a fitness professional in this body is because it's like my very favorite thing to show up and be like, this is a fit body. Yeah. Check it out. It's true though. And you know what, listen, like, you know, am I going to be out here, you know, able to run like a 26 mile marathon next weekend? Probably not. Probably not ever. You Me know, either. that's okay. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But fitness can and is available in everybody. And I love that even though like, look, technically where my weight is at still today with the BMI still in, you know, the red zone of things, but compared to where I used to be, oh my gosh, it's night and day. It's amazing. You know, it's like, well, thanks. But it's also like, like, look, there's no end date on this thing. Mm -hmm. When you decide Mm -hmm. that you want to be healthy, like as a, in your body, in your physical body, so you can be around for your family, but also like in your mind. So you're not repeating toxic patterns and being a jerk to everybody emotionally, spiritually. So you're like evolving and growing as a person. Like that's a commitment when you decide to step into it. It, it really is magical. When I am not wanting to work out or like kind of wanting to jump off the health and wellness bandwagon <laughs> for a day or two, I always look at your story. So I'm like, nope, Mandy's going to keep me on. Like she's just not going to make this an option. And you are, you're yes. so inspiring and you definitely push people to be their best self. Thank you. I just, I don't feel like we get a choice. Yeah. We just don't get a choice because we only get one, one chance to rock it. And I just won't. I just can't like allow myself to, you know, I spent lots of time wasting time. There's just no time for that. If some woman was like, I'm in a bad place. I don't even know what the first step to take is to become unstuck, to start moving forward to wellness. What would you say is like the, what's, what's a good first step to take to become unstuck? I would immediately encourage somebody to go to the store ASAP and buy themselves a brand new journal. One of the things that I hope to bring with me to the retreat in May is teaching fellow sisters how to faucet journal. And the reason why is because I feel like writing is a tangible way to start to get energy to move. Mm. You know, I, Mm -hmm. along with a lot with, Uh, with what Christine was saying about Reiki and the benefits of lowering your stress and your blood pressure and like the physical benefits, right? Energy is, is, is tangible, right? And so when we are feeling stuck and we're feeling all the things, like a lot of times it's energy is caused by emotion that we just like, do not give ourselves the space to process through and unpack. And I feel like a lot of the times if we could just turn the faucet on and start writing even if it's blah, blah, blah. I don't know why Mandy's making me do this. Like, this is so stupid. Like eventually after a few minutes, you'd be surprised what starts to come out. Mm. One of the, one of the first things I always tell my friends, in fact, they, everybody gets irritated with me because if they come talk to me, they know I'm going to tell them to, you know, yeah. write. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I'll journal. Jeez. <laughs> um, but then they always text me back how much better they feel afterwards. And then I would say that the, the other thing that always, always, always helps when I myself am feeling stuck or if somebody around me is wanting help getting unstuck is to do something that you 100% know you can control. And for me, that is drinking water. 
Hmm. So back to basics mm-hmm. for me is always like, okay, I'm going to get hydrated because I can do that right now. Yeah, That doesn't require me to restrict anything or do anything. I can just start drinking water and start like bare basics, taking care of my person. Yes. And and it kind of is always like a reset button for me personally. Like, okay, I'm feeling out of control. I'm spiraling. Right. Like, I'm going to start drinking water because I know that's going to help sort of refocus. Okay, so do you find this is most of what you're saying is true for both men and women? Yes. In fact, I'm. So, what a great question. I'm glad you asked that because I feel like a lot of the time what I've realized in the past few years is that actually men feel a lot of these same feelings. Yeah. And men struggle with body image stuff and feeling, you know, disconnected from their bodies and, and, and struggle with the same kinds of things that we do, but really, really don't have the space to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think this is why, you know, things like this women retreat, this women's retreat and this podcast and these conversations are so important because if we can all start learning this language and sort of operating out of this space, it's going to be pretty transformative for, you know, the men in our lives mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up our conversation, we do have a couple of fire round questions, if you don't mind if I ask you. And maybe I'll ask each one of them. And then if each one of you can answer, I'll start with you, Mandy, and then Rachel and Christine. Yoga or strength training? Uh, Yoga. Hot yoga. Christine, yoga or strength training? Strength training, yeah, 80% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel? Uh, Strength training, because I think at some point it can get spiritual. Almond versus coconut versus cow's milk? I'm going to go with coconut. I am almond, but it's a Coke. It's by Califia. It's a coconut flavored almond milk and it's out of bounds. Rachel? Coconut. But lately it's been oat milk lattes. Okay. Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh, that ain't right. I know. That's not nice. I'd have a hard time with that one too, but I just want to know. I'm going to have to decline that one. I can't answer. I just, there's no. Okay. Rachel? I mean, I'm a Minnesotan. I got to say Prince. All right. It would be Prince either way. It would be Prince either way. Christine? Um, I'm also Prince. Prince. All yeah. right. Now I know what kind of music to play while you guys are up at the point. That's why I asked that question. Okay, hot sauce, yes or no? Uh, absolutely hot sauce forever. It's in my bag, always. <laughs> Thank you. Christine? All day. There are two things that are in my purse. One is... Advil or Motrin or whatever form of ibuprofen comes in yeah. and hot. Rachel, how about you? Hot sauce, yes or no? Yes, 100% daily, mostly sriracha. SNL or Good Morning America? Oh, SNL. Yeah, SNL. SNL. SNL, yeah. yeah. I get it. Halloween <laughs> or Christmas? I'm going to go with Christmas. Christine? I think it's Christmas, mainly because I like the whole season and and how it flows into winter, not just that it's one day. I like a big, light-filled extravaganza. Rachel, how about you? I think Halloween. In general, it's pretty easy. You just get dressed up and eat some candy and call it a day. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You're like all about not having that crescendo of like a 30-day, let's celebrate this leading up to it. Let's just do it. All right. I like it. All right. Last one, ladies, summer versus fall. Summer, 100%. Summer, no question. 
Summer. Summer. All right. Well, really good thing we're not having a winter retreat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. Oh, well, you guys, what a fun time having these couple hours together. I really appreciate how much you shared of yourselves and your time. Thank you so much. Oh, I am appreciative of all three of you, and we're going to have so much fun in May. I hope you will, women will consider joining us because, as you can tell, there's so much to learn from these three individuals and so much fun to be had. So I'm just going to close by saying that Christine, Rachel, and Mandy will be at our May 2021 Women's Retreat. This is for every single woman. doesn't matter age, doesn't matter body size, doesn't matter health status. Just come have fun with us and enjoy. And along with the three of them is going to be Dr. Carolyn Torkelson, who's an integrative medicine physician. So there's so much incredible um, experiences to be had at that women's retreat. If you're looking for more information about The Point Retreats, you can find us on our website, thepointretreats.com, or our social media handles, Point Retreats, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening today. We hope this podcast and these three incredible women inspire you to rebel and be well. I hope you'll join us next week as we have a special guest that will be on our podcast, Dr. David L. Katz. Dr. Katz is the founder and former director of Yale University's Yale Griffin Prevention Research Center, past president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, president and founder of the nonprofit True Health Initiative, and founder and CEO of Diet ID, and author of the book How to Eat. You may have heard Dr. Katz as he has been interviewed by a number of large platforms such as CNN, Anderson Cooper, and ZDog MD. He's been interviewed all over the nation and globe on the COVID pandemic. He has advocated consistently for a policy of total harm minimization by means of risk stratified interdiction efforts. Please join us as we spend an hour with Dr. Katz. been listening to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Reimer, registered nurse, founder, and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. If you'd like to ask Krista Reimer or one of our past or upcoming guests a question that will be aired on a future show, simply call 612-352-9177 and leave a message. Please know that when you leave a message, it may be used in whole or in part on a future podcast episode. Again, that phone number is 612-352-9177. Please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on and rate and review our show. We'd love to hear feedback. Rebel and Be Well is recorded at the studios of Minnesota Podcasting located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Find them online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of The Point Retreats, Minnesota Podcasting, or any other organization. All medical issues, concerns, diagnoses, medications, and treatments must be managed by your doctor. We do not replace any clinician's medical advice or treatment. Join us next time for Rebel and Be Well.